0: But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. My name is Zell, as y'all know. How are we? How is everybody? Listen, listen, fall is here. Okay. Fall is officially here in St. Louis. I opened the door to take the dog out this morning. I had on my Birkenstocks, what I usually wear. I said, oh, no, 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 no. no, It's cold, baby. Went to my closet, picked out an UGG boot. And uh, it, it was a slide on UGG, but it's UGG season, is what I'm saying. And then a memory was unlocked. Okay. And that is a memory of early 2000s fashion. I'm thinking baby T denim skirt, calf high UGG boot fashion. Like that was a look back then in L E W K. The girls, would wear that and people would be like, oh my God, look at her, look at her. 10 out of 10, we stand. Like what what was early thousands fashion? Okay, because we had glamor, okay, elegance, as Sheree would say. We had that in, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And then for whatever reason in the early thousands to like 2008 or nine, we just said, fuck it. Straight casual, even red carpets, movie premieres, things like that. The looks were just more casual and turned down. Like, it's just so crazy to me. What happened? I mean, I'm not hate. I don't hate it. I mean, it was a moment in time and it's one to never forget. But like, then it led me to think like, I remember Real Housewives of Atlanta, the first reunion, first season reunion. I can't remember if it was Kim or Nene. One of them had on, like, a vest, a silk shirt underneath, and just, like, slacks. Like, a very, like, Monday at the office outfit. Compared to the reunion looks now. I mean, we low-key tore Giselle apart for that jumpsuit that she had on. Because the Real Housewives of Potomac looks came out. Like, what? (laughs) I just, I thought about this for at least an hour at least an hour today. So maybe we'll do some polls, some polls of some early housewife reunion looks, because it's just so baffling to me where we started versus where we are now. It's, it. I love it. I love early 2000s fashion, but man, what were we doing? I don't know. I also then went down a rabbit hole of Uggs and how they're made and if animals are actually harmed. And mm, listen, we're not going to dive deep into it, but now I'm reconsidering a few things. I'm reconsidering a few things because I feel really bad. However, one thing we are going to touch on before we get into the recaps for this week the streets are a buzz. News has broken. Apparently, allegedly, Randall Emmett has cheated on Lauren from Utah. Allegedly, apparently. So, Randall was spotted crossing the street in Nashville with two young women. And all of the pictures I've seen, have I physically seen Rand's face? No. But the build and the outfit and the back of the head, the bald spot, it tracks to be Rand. All right. I saw like a kind of side to, and again, all tracks to be ran. So it's not looking good. It's not looking great for him. Then apparently Lauren put up a story um, of herself, the baby, somebody pushing the baby stroller and, you know, somebody else walking into a hotel at what, what looks to be a hotel And she was playing Beyonce. I ain't sorry. Listen, I don't really know what's going on, nor do I like care that much because I'm not shocked. He was married when she started fucking him, but we won't go there. But like, I find it odd. I just find it odd that she may or may have not just found this out. And like her reaction is to record herself and her help walking through maybe possibly checking into a hotel and to play a Beyonce song because I know like after I get cheated on or after I've gotten cheated on because my fiance would never know like he knows he would there's only one way out of that but we won't get into there I don't want to incriminate myself I don't think my first reaction would be like let me be like let me get on Instagram and record this but you know I'm not her I don't give them Lala I give them Zell. and giving them Zell is like pretty much giving them nothing at all so you know I, in the words of Beyonce, me and my baby going to be all right. So I'm assuming Lauren from Utah and Ocean from Lauren will be just fine. I'm sure they will. Also, I just like, I don't read too much into that shit because there have been rumors before that they've been broken or that they've broken up. And Lala did an interview where she was like, listen, I'm a petty bitch, okay? So he pissed me off and yeah, I archived all of our photos or deleted all of our photos. And it's like, girl, you're an adult. Please, please. So who knows if it's like anything or if it's just Lala trying to give them Lala. And I'm using their quotes there and cause a buzz. Like who the fuck knows? But on that note, let's just go ahead and get into our recaps because I have a lot to say. And since we're already on the topic of the Vanderpump Rules gang, let's just start there. Like I said last week, y'all cannot convince me that Jax did not send... Randall with an agenda. Like when we open up the show and Rand is talking about Tom and they're packing, or they're not packing, they're in Palm Springs. Like Rand sounds like Jax back in the day. It's so creepy to me. It's so creepy to me. I'm interested to see how the rest of all of this plays out now that we know that he's allegedly a cheater. Well, I mean, we knew he was a cheater. He cheated on his hard side with La but whatever. Huh. <sighs> I'm sorry, I just don't understand why we're continuing the conversation about Tom Sandoval steamrolling Schwartz and not Schwartz being a liar and a quote unquote pussy, like Lisa would call him. And like all the blame is getting put on Sandoval. That's what's annoying to me. And I think Ariana maybe said that like a season or two ago. It's like all of this talk about Sandoval being, you know, kind of like a bully and steamrolling. It's like, no, Schwartz even says, I don't care about that stuff. Tom cares about that stuff. And it's like, that's why their partnership works. Okay. Like, hello. So Rand and Lala host a pickleball tournament. It's, I have to chuckle because it says first annual pickleball tournament. It looks like it might be the first and only, but whatever. And Lala is acting irate over pickleball. Like, I also realize that I am a mix of Katie and Brock when playing sports, um, except for the fact that I am not going to be up since 4am practicing for a pickleball competition. That doesn't mean anything instead of feeding my baby. Like Brock did that. Okay. And we really, we really get to see a different side of Brocky. All right. Um, I, (laughs) I don't know. I have feelings about this whole scene um, between Brock and Sheena and Lala and Rand. But before we get to that, Brock and Sheena's mom start butting heads. And it's like, listen, the way Brock spoke about Sheena's mom, I just don't agree with, okay? She's being a typical grandma. But for Brock to call her an employee, sir, sir, excuse you? First of all, yes, y'all pay her. However, She doesn't want to be paid. And it's just like, it was gross. It was gross because also Brock, that's not your money. That's Sheena's money. Okay. And apparently Brock and Sheena's mom butt heads often. Poor Shishu was crying. Like it broke my heart. I I would cry, but I would probably like also put an end to that. I would not, me and my mom are super close. I and I, me and my fiance obviously were close, but they have a great relationship. Thank God, because that's just one thing I would not do. I would not, would not deal with that shit. But honestly, this is an argument that like new parents have often. However, Brock has a backstory. And if you notice during this argument, Brock was like, I don't want you thinking I'm going to abandon you or you painting a picture that I'm off golfing. And Sheena like kind of has this look on her face where she's like, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Cause we know Brock has an ex-wife and two other children in Australia. And I'm sure it strikes a nerve with Brock, but also with Sheena, because she was going to bat for him very hard when we all found out that business. And like I remember she was in the comments saying, like, you don't have to explain yourself to people, honey. And it's like, you don't, but we are curious since y'all on TV and shit. So if you wanted to, you know, run it back a few times, let us know. All right honestly Brock sounds like a fucking dick at the end of this conversation because he's like she again Sheena's crying and he's like if I keep hearing about these fucking hormones and it's like bitch one thing you are gonna hear about is these hormones if you want to keep fucking me okay you will hear about my hormones actually I don't care if you're not fucking me you gonna hear about my hormones if I want to talk about them okay they're mine they're mine to discuss but moving on the combo that James and Raquel have is so heartbreaking. Like Raquel compares herself to Lala. And it's like, James said it best, honey, I don't want you to be like that. Okay. <laughs> like, honestly, truly, I get what she's saying. Lala and James are more alike. And it's like, okay, I can see where she might be in her head about that. Especially considering like Lala has screamed in her face when Raquel has been taking up for James. But it's like, girl... You don't want to be like Lala, okay? She says something to the effect of, like, Lala's so comfortable with everything that comes out of her mouth. And it's like, she shouldn't be, Raquel. She shouldn't be, all right? And I'm honestly really proud of James in this moment. Like, we, like, have seen him grow. You, y'all you know he's my problematic fave, okay? Y'all know. Then we get to go see a completely opposite type of relationship in Tom in Katie, in a little tidbit that I just, I had to mention. Tom Schwartz tells Katie that she has a fucking Heron, Heron, (laughs) that she has a Karen haircut. And then, which Katie replies, do you ever want to have sex again for the rest of your life? And it's like, y'all, Y'all, please. This is my problem with Tom and Katie. I'm not a professional by any means, but like the fact that every time he says something stupid that he should not say to his wife, don't get me wrong, she replies with a sexual related dig, which is I'm sure where some problems may be lying. Like, Katie has told us multiple times on this national television that Tom's dick is small, that it doesn't work, that he'll never fuck her again. And then we're sitting here having a conversation about his fucking confidence. Like, what? Girl! Girl. Like, again, I'm no expert, but we know that if you, like, you do not tell men that, okay? You do not tell men that. It's a low fucking blow. I just, I want her to find somebody else. I really do, okay? Meanwhile, Tom, uh, yeah, Sandy, Sandy in short, shorts and Short Schwartz and Sandys, uh, Tom and Sandy are going to set up for Archella. And this is where Lala and Sheena have a baby play date. And like, it's just funny because they're going tit for tat over their shitty bad baby daddies. It's like, I don't think this is giving what y'all think it is have gave. Like both of y'all baby daddies are shitty and Lala, look at you now, sweet. Like, I'm not trying to brag, but guys, like, that's all I took from that scene. I I saw a lot of people, like, going over the shock factor of Brock and his situation, which, like, I get. But first of all, Randall saying that he changed his first diaper, like, a week ago, and he has two older children, that is not cute, okay? And then Brock telling us about his other kids, it was like, "Mm, that's not cute either. And then Lala and Sheena, and they talking heads, talking shit about one another. It's like the irony. And then to know where we are with Rand right now, the irony, okay? Like, uh, it's so much. And then especially just considering how publicly Randall's ex-wife, and who was in the show, you, um, she's an actress, and Lala were going at it. Like, I don't know. I was just like, one is not better than the other, okay? Apparently Brock's ex is pissed that they named the baby Summer because his other daughter's name is Winter. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just, okay. <laughs> I don't know the situation. And that, that's kind of what irritates me is I'm like, she knows like, there's more to the story. Okay, tell us. Girl, what is the story? Okay, don't tell me there's more to the story and then expect me to have empathy for somebody who's just telling me that he hasn't seen his kids in four years and then it's like, there's more to the story, but don't worry about it. No, I'm, I'm, tell me, Sheenan, Shishu, Sheener. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> I'm just being ridiculous at this point because again, both of them were pieces of shit. I know it was a funny little like meme worthy moment that look on Randall's face, but he's also, piece of shit okay so then the rest of the episode we just get to see how Arcella plays out and like we get to see James propose and honestly the look on Raquel's face is genuinely shocked when James proposes and I love that because like some people have like a clue you know what I mean they're always ready I didn't know I knew that it was coming me and my fiance had talked about you know getting married so I knew that we were and I had made it very clear what type of ring I like but I did when he did it, I was not expecting that. And it's just so cute. Like, I teared up. I teared up because I really wish I could relive my proposal again. Because when I tell you, I blacked out. Like, it's true. Like, I don't even remember saying yes. I used to think people were full of fucking shit when they said that. I do not even remember saying yes. I mean, obviously, it was a yes. But, like, I blacked out. I threw my purse. I was screaming. Okay, <laughs> But no, I'm so happy for them, and I love that he kind of pulled her off to the side and did it without everybody there, and that everybody else did it. No, know. So cute to me. But that's pretty much going to wrap up the VPR recap. Nothing, nothing much else. I mean, this season is fine. But guys, I also forgot that we have Winter House premiering this week. So it's that's going to be on Wednesdays. So we're going to be we're going to be stacked, stacked in this. Bravo recap, okay? But for right now, we need to head on over to Beverly Hills because I have a lot to talk about. And I'm going to just preface this by saying this. We're going to talk about race. If you don't want to hear about it, I don't even know why you listen to this podcast. Like, I appreciate it. But, like, I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about. and Race is one of those things. So let's go to Beverly Hills and talk about these fucking heifers. So we start off part one of the Beverly Hills reunion with Erica and Renner trying to be all philosophical in the beginning, saying there's going to be some winners. And there's going to be some losers. And that's life, baby. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Honestly, like, shut the fuck up. Rena is such a damn snitch. These girls have turned on you. Like, girl, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. But the real question that I need answered from the beginning of this is when they're all getting ready, who convinced Kyle to style her hair like this? Because baby, fire them. Fire them. Okay. Who also needs to be fired is whoever put that synthetic ponytail on Rena's head. The nerve of her to be raising her voice at anybody when we can't even light a candle around you, Miss Mama. Your shit would be dust. Ugh. Ugh. Let me just start this by saying I am in awe of Garcelle how she handles herself in these situations in her trailer when talking to Andy, she says, I know who's coming for me, Dorit and Renna, and I'll handle it. Like, wow. Okay. Because my chaotic ass would have been clapping. And I think that's why these ladies are so shook by her. Like she is unfazed. She's like, my shit is good. It's handled. Y'all's is messy. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the facts, and that's gonna be that. Andy says hi to everyone, and Erica has to have her moment, and it's like, girl, just, just answer the question. He said, "Hi, Erica, how are you?" I'm good. Like she does, like in a whole dramatic ass head turn, and it's like, please get out of character and humble yourself really quickly, okay. She, of course, starts in and she says that she asked for patience and understanding from some of these women and some she got and some she didn't. And it's like, well, okay, Erica, if you ask me, you and Tom been asking for a little too much patience with folks' time and money and it's running out, okay? Can you blame us or them? Not us. I ain't got nothing to do with this shit. I'm just a viewer, okay? For her to say Tom's alleged victims is a slap in the face to them because boo, he done got on a zoom and told us all the money is gone and that he indeed does owe it. All right. The question is not if he did it, it's how are we getting these people paid at this point? All right. And she continues to say, people don't know what I have lived through. Girl, girl, orphans and widows. And you're still driving a fucking Range Rover. I don't feel bad for you for shopping at TJ Maxx now. Like, or again, you might have stopped there back in the day. But like, I just left there myself. It's quite a happy place. So what? Okay. So it's revealed that pretty much all of the women spoke to lawyers about the Erica case. Not their lawyer, because, you know, they would have been billed for that. But they spoke to friends that are lawyers, including Kyle. So why wouldn't they just say that? That's what I'm confused about. Okay. Okay. They speak about this show now being Erica's main source of income. And listen, I don't think Erica should be fired because it's her main source of income and we do need to get these people paid. As I always say, I I know that there are some absolutely wild people saying shit. There some wild people saying some wild shit to her on the internet. I can only imagine, okay, what the, that lady's inbox look like looks like. But I feel like what I see from people in the comments saying is not that she's been charged with anything. It's like, if she's aware, because Andy poses this question, like, have you been charged with anything? thing?" she's like, no, no, I haven't. And it's like, girl, we know that most of like I said, the discourse and the conversations I see, we know she hasn't been charged with anything. And again, I'm not discrediting or discounting because I am sure there are people saying crazy shit to her. Okay, like I'm all for her defending herself, but please find some chill. Find some chill. My God. So we start into Sutton and I will say this, even though I don't necessarily agree with where she was coming from all season, especially with the Crystal stuff. I do think that Sutton had a great season all over when it comes to like telling a full story. You know what I mean? It's like I'm kind of over hating a housewife. No, actually I'm not because I'm going to continue to hate Giselle and Robin all season. I just think that Sutton had a great story. I think she had a great season all to all in all, I'll say that. And I will say when it was happening and watching it back, I hate seeing Lisa and Kyle trying to control Sutton's emotions. Whether I agree with her reactions and her emotions or not, Crystal didn't even do that. She was just like, okay, that's your argument. And I don't, you know... I don't agree. I'm on the opposing side, but Renna and Kyle coming into her room, it was so mean girl and being like, stop being so emotional. Stop feeling your feelings. It's all got to stop. And it's like, y'all cannot be policing. Y'all can't be policing people's feelings out here. Like, it's so ridiculous. Renna's shading something store because what she's mad about the play date comment, comment. Renna, your 18, 19 year old daughter was just dating a fucking 40 year old man. Girl, you were mad about that. Okay, you were mad that your daughter was dating an 18-year-old man. So no, I don't think it's a good fit for our kids to kick it. What are you confused about? All right. And I just ultimately have come to the conclusion that I think that Erica is ultimately jealous of Sutton because Sutton has her, you know, they show her thing where she's like, I'm came out of my divorce on the other side, new car, great friends, blah blah. And that's what Erica wants slash wanted, but is now it's riddled in scandal. Even if she comes out on the other side, we're still always gonna talk about this, okay? So uh, here, let's just get into the Garcelle of it all. Garcelle versus pretty much everyone. And I just want to say this because I've seen a lot of comments from white people defending the white women and discrediting Garcelle. And I've seen a lot of comments from black people as well, as we know, all skin folk and kin folk, all right? You know, trying to discredit her. And it that is especially baffling to me uh, because... It's just, it, it. I will never understand that. I'm just going to be honest. This whole season with Garcelle was triggering as fuck for me, okay? In a different way than Ebony in New York City, because as a Black woman that has been in and still is in predominantly white workspaces, there's another layer that unless you're a Black woman or a woman of color, you simply will not understand how this shit feels, Okay. I saw a lot of not everything is about race and like, okay, like I said on Instagram, not everything is not, not about race. Okay. And like two, do y'all think that we wake up in the morning and we just want to feel like this? Like, let's have an honest talk. Okay. Because for white people, and like I said, some black people saying that shit in the comments, oh, you just want to play the victim we actually really don't, okay? I really wish I could just laugh off some of the subtle shit, the microaggressive, unconscious bias shit. I really wish I could not I could not give a fuck and ignore and not see the difference in how I'm treated versus my white counterparts at work and then especially my white male counterparts at work, okay? Like, there, there's just so many levels, all right? The reason it's called unconscious bias is because you don't realize you're fucking doing it. I don't know how much more of this needs to be explained. Like, I literally just had a similar issue at work with multiple people. Like, when I say something, I'm, again, when I'm at work, like, even in in my life, and I have, like, arguments and stuff in life, I work triple time to make sure the tone of my voice is like correct, make sure my octave is on the right, you know, level. I I do all of these things to make sure that I'm getting my point across. Even when, what I'm getting back from people is dramatics, anger, you know, acting out unprofessionalism, it doesn't matter. I still have to stay on that level because as soon as I am not, and I flip the script and I, you know, match them with their same energy, it's a problem. I'm not going to be treated the same. And that's the, that's what we see with Garcelle here, okay? The notion that once Garcelle cried and was vulnerable and made her more human to them is like so fucking disgusting. Dorit is honestly riddled in unconscious biases. For her to say, Garcelle was saying some things to be relevant- was actually disgusting to me. Garcelle has had a long-standing career in Hollywood. She is literally a woman I looked up to as a little girl watching her on TV and movies. I've always known who she was, okay? And to get on this show with these white women whose claim to fame is this show or their husbands is fucked up. Like it really is. Garcelle has made a career for herself and then she chose to be on this show are y'all okay? Dorit literally talks the entire time. All Garcelle says is that I don't need to do anything to say relevant. And then Dorit says, I used a word that I shouldn't have used. And Garcelle says, yeah, I need an apology for that. And Dorit says, you didn't give me a chance, girl. I've been giving you a chance. Okay. You've been speaking for far too long. You owe me an apology. All right. And you need to get to it. I do believe that an apology to this degree should come first. Dorit should have came out the gate with that, all right? But she just wanted to explain, explain, explain and why she wasn't necessarily wrong altogether and kind of give the, I'm sorry if I hurt you. No, girl, no, okay? I don't, Andy says something that I was like, "Mm." he says you were completely hazed for calling online, for calling Garcella Bully. And I I don't think she was hazed. I think she was called out properly, which she should have been. Again, I'm sure there were people saying some crazy things, but Dorit was called out properly, okay? Hazed, I don't, that makes it seem like some of it was unnecessary. You know what I mean? And I'm sorry, it just wasn't. We have been watching these white women on this show bully behind and in front of each other for years. And a viewer said this, you trying to point Garcelle as an angry black woman and Dorit says, that's very layered. Girl, it's really not. Like, it's really not. Unconscious bias. So let's get the fuck to it, babes, all right? I don't need a dissertation on why you aren't a racist. What's layered is racism and biases, unconscious and conscious, That's what's layered. And that's what you aren't aren't understanding, okay? It irks me to my entire soul when white people get confronted about their own actions towards black people or any other, you know, race that's not white. And then it's kind of like the, I don't use the N word. I can't be racist. I don't look at black people and automatically think, hey, I can't be racist. That's not true. You can call out others, which is, yeah, in a way important. But when it comes to turning looking in the mirror and turning it on yourself, how you interact with the Black people and the people of color in your life is important, okay? Social media has made some people feel too comfortable thinking they're on the right side of history when really their actions need to be checked as well. And I've said this multiple times. It's easy to click share. It's easy to, you know look at other people's actions and not and judge them for theirs and not check on yours and that's just what i see with deree and rena okay yeah rena you danced around naked half naked and was like oh vote for biden hate fuck trump like blah, blah blah that's all fine and dandy but girl still look at the tweets you were liking okay and then Dorit goes on to make an excuse for Erica bullying the women season after season. And I just really did love Andy just going, okay, okay, to Dorit making that ridiculous excuse. I really don't even remember what she said. I just remember that it was bullshit. And I love, love, love when Garcelle, like Rena, tries to butt in and Garcelle's like, "Rena, girl, we will get to it. Please hold on. Now, let me tell y'all where hmm, I got really, really really pissed off at Crystal. The effort to deflect from actual comments is baffling to me when it comes to Garcelle. They're talking about the fact that Garcelle throws shade in shit in her comments. And again, I've said this so many times about this season and how Garcelle is treated. All of these women have. If I had to name five qualities of housewives, shade is in the top five. It's in the top three. That's what they do in their talking heads, in their confessionals. It's a time to reflect, take little jabs. And it's supposed to be cheeky and not not for nothing. These women have done that. It's not like, okay, we don't do that on this show. No, you do. Kyle spent an entire season this season saying shit into the camera in her talking head that she never ever said to Erica's face. Not once. But we are focused on Garcelle. And I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that Garcelle doesn't throw a little jab. She does. But what I'm saying is all housewives do. Every single housewife does. And y'all will make every excuse in the book to be like, yeah, Garcelle does do that, blah, blah. She does. Everyone, every single woman that's housewife does that. Crystal, y'all were having a conversation about Sutton and an elitist one at that. And she said, and Crystal, like, I get it, okay? I get it. Sutton pissed you off at the beginning of the season. I got that, Miss Mama. I really do. But I don't care if somebody pisses me off. I know people that I really, really do not like. But that doesn't make their their argument automatically wrong, okay? So Sutton, or sorry, Crystal has the audacity to sit there and barely say a goddamn thing this entire time. However, when these women are piling, piling onto Garcelle and telling her that what she does... The same thing that she does that all the rest of them do. But when she does it, it's wrong. Crystal pipes up and says, well, at my dinner, you had a talking moment and you said it about me and you said that you didn't know who I was, but you know who, who Rob was. Crystal, earlier in the season, like the first or second episode, a producer asked you if you knew who Dorit was and you did a no in a cheeky, shady way. You never said that to Dorit. You never said, I don't know who you are. I didn't know who you were before this show. So why is it okay that you do that? But Garcelle couldn't say that about you. What are we actually fucking doing here? Like, I'm sorry. I was irate. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw. Like, it's just, it's baffling to me. It really is. I cannot. That is a couch full of bullies and it makes zero fucking sense. And like, I get it. Crystal is new here, but... If Miss Mama, if you don't know which side you fall on shit, then just shut the fuck up. Okay. I, I I just can't. All right. I don't know why they need Garcelle to be like, oh, my God, girl, I love you so much. We're so good. Like, we've left reunions before where shit was just like, all right, we good. Kim Richards gave back a whole bunny and was like, oh, fuck that bitch to Lisa We didn't have to make up. So why does Garcelle have to do it? So when it comes to Rena and Garcelle, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, this is a 20-year friendship. Garcelle is still holding or was still holding on to non-housewife Rena. She needs to stop, she needs to let it go. That lady is gone. And I think Garcelle, well Rena says, "What happened to the Garcelle I knew before?" And Rinna, and or what did I yeah, what happened to the Garcelle I knew before?" And R- Garcelle says, "Girl, what happened to the Rena I knew before?" Okay? Take Rena, Priscilla, whatever you want to call her for who she is. But I want to ask y'all this because they were saying, oh, Garcelle, should Rena stop? Should she stop trying to be your friend, blah, blah, blah. And I want to ask y'all this. If you had a friend of 20 years that you thought you knew, and then y'all started working together and you see a completely different side of them, would you be so quick to write them off? Like, yes or no? Because I can tell you I wouldn't. Like two decades of friendship is a long time to know somebody. You think you're close to this person and you start seeing a whole other side. It's like, what is happening? And that's in any relationship. You're like, oh, I thought I knew this person, but now I don't. But I'm remembering the good times and knowing that we were friends. Like, it's just, it's, I don't understand what everybody else doesn't understand. I do also understand that Erica and Renna obviously came into this reunion with a pinky promise pact, but listen with garcelle and denise and renna again i have had friends that we were all very close and two of them fell out and i was still cool or i am still cool with both of them and do i berate the point every opportunity i talk to one of them and say like or every time i talk to one of them and say are you going to make up are you going to talk to her no but when the opportunity presents itself for me to ask them if they're open to mending a relationship between each other, I do take the opportunity. And I they haven't spoken in like eight years. But I still, they're both also both in my wedding, but like I still will be like, oh, do you want to talk to her? And that's what I see when it comes to Rena, Garcelle-Denise, okay? And Rena and Erica then start gaslighting Garcelle when she says the comment about Rena saying Garcelle should have never bought race into the show. They say, why didn't you say that? Garcelle says, their shit y'all don't say to me directly. And Rena and Erica both say, but that's a big one. And I just have one question for them. Are y'all black women? Are you? Cause you're speaking with a, your full fucking chest, like you are. Have you ever been a black woman and realized that people are moving the goalpost for you, and that you can't do the things that you they do? No, you haven't. Okay, and let me tell you, if there's one thing it's difficult to be, it's that. All right, I have said this before. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but one thing that we learn as black children. Almost as soon as one of my earliest memories about learning about life and things being fair is my mom used to tell us, You can't do what they do, sweetie. And it's true. Okay. And trust me, my chaotic ass has tried. All right. I have tried to meet the energy. And it's just, it's it's fact. All right. It's just a fact. All right. It's just, if for these, I just, mm. trying to explain this to white people, how their actions made you feel as a black person and especially the only black person, it's automatic defensiveness. It's always met with defensiveness because they don't want to be seen as a racist and they don't want to be labeled as such. And it's just a one-tracked mind, track mind, instead of stopping to think, okay, it's not racist or not racist. It's You know, do I carry these again unconscious biases that are leading and affecting my how I'm viewing this situation with a black person? Rena is more upset about looking like a racist than how her words, actions, and Twitter fingers actually proved how she viewed some of these things. Okay, and she also denies it, but then yells, "Why didn't you come to me and say, Rena? What are you doing, ma'am? You are grown." Okay. Your friend Erica just said she don't care about growing at the, her big age. Okay. You need me to tell you not to like stupid shit on Twitter. You need me to tell you not to say that I brought race onto this show. And just so we're clear, just so we're clear, everyone's saying that Garcelle brought race onto the show. You want to know why race was never on the show in the first place? You want to know? Because it was a fucking cast full of white women. That's why race was never on the show because there was never other any other race besides white. And then Garcelle and Crystal came. Let that sink in, beloved. That's why race wasn't on the show. I. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? And Garcelle even says it. Why is this rattling you? And that's the question. Renna is so full of shit. Because she is rattled to the core. Again, I don't know why these housewives are acting like us being able to see the tweets that they like are is a new feature on Twitter. It's not. We've been able to see the tweets that everybody likes since, literally since Twitter came out, okay? Garcelle is unshakable. Lisa got up there and told a bold-faced ass lie because she tried to say, after Watch What Happens Live, why did you just reach out to me and say, I'm sorry, let's put this past us. And Garcelle said, "Mm, mm, mm-mm-mm, I didn't. (laughs) You reached out to me and said, I hurt your feelings. And then she says, actually, you said a lot. And then after that whole conversation, I said, okay, let's move on. Context, Rena, context, all right? You leave out, you're omitting a bunch of information that is crucial to the story. And then if you pay attention, Erica even says to Garcelle, you add a completely different element that's the real world to this show. And Rena, I rewound this three times, guys. Rena shoots Erica a look, and Erica. Turns to Rena and she says, "I'm sorry because they came into this reunion with a fucking pact, and Renna's shit is messy as fuck, and the jig was fucking up." Okay, Rena saying that she wants an apology from Garcelle. Mm-mm, that's that's top tier, disgusting. Absolutely not going to happen. Okay, Rena saying, "Yeah, I would say it to your face. Look who you're talking to, Renna, We literally have all the footage. All the footage, baby. Please, baby, please. We have all the footage of you lying, talking shit for seasons." Okay. You didn't even say Munchausen's to, uh, What's that woman's name? Bella and her mama. What is her name? Y'all know who I'm talking about. Hadid. Okay. I have no clue why her name is escaping me right now. All that's coming to mind is Eileen. And I know that's not her name. But Rena bringing up Harry. Him saying, what happened to Garcelle? She looks so unhappy. Also gross. Okay. Because we're just lying on the. The black woman looks unhappy. Okay, and again, Crystal girl, you should have just been quiet because she doesn't say anything. She's like, I honestly think she wants to mend it with you, girl. Please. And then Rena gets up off the couch and goes over to just blanket her full emotions over anything that Garcelle is saying because she knows she knows that she's fucked. All right. And even Erica goes, girl, what is happening? This is not what we, t- well, she doesn't say, this isn't what we talked about, but she said, she does say, girl, what is happening? And then Renna and, or not Renna, Erica and Dorit have a little discourse. Dorit's like, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Erica tells her to shut up, which I did think was funny. Okay. Huh. It's, it's been a year, Andy says. And Sutton says one of my favorite things. It has. And a lot of actions. Thank you, Sutton. Because we didn't get here just by ourselves. Okay? Actions took place. I'm just... Even the apology from when it was bullshit. Okay? I I ain't doing nothing but matching energy. Is what Garcelle is doing. And I, I feel her. Okay? They say they're going to move on. Um... Then honestly, they could have just ended the reunion there for me. But I guess, yeah, they got to tease a little bit more stuff. So they bought Kathy out. And to be honest, I love seeing her with her handwritten notes and her little pocketbook because that was a pocket book, honey. <laughs> if I ever seen one, my Nana may have that for church. Now, this one thing I also didn't need was this shameless Halloween Kills plug. It was annoying, all right? It was annoying. However, at one point towards the end... I can't remember what happened, but my fiance came in the room and Rena was laughing. And he just turns around. And he goes, "I never want to hear that sound again. That is the most atrocious laugh of my life." And it's just so crazy to me that people who know Rena or don't know Rena are like, "No, absolutely not to that lady." So then we start putting Erica on the skewer, and the episode ends. So that was part one. Um, I thought it was good. I saw some people saying it was boring. I don't think it was boring. It's just if you don't want to talk about you know, difficult conversations, then yeah, I can see why you probably didn't want to watch this one. But now that we're past the Garcelle stuff, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to take place and what Erica is going to say, because I, I think she's going to say not, and she, I don't think she's going to take accountability for her actions, but we will see. All right. Let's go on her. my God. Can I talk? <laughs> I'm not editing that out because I don't have the time, but let's head on over to Potomac because whew, even on, even on a slower episode, these ladies still bring it. Oh my God. So the grand dame starts off this episode saying this is a pissing contest and no one's running out of urine. And honestly, that should just be the tagline for all of Potomac, it, like all of it, because that is them. It is a constant pissing contest and no one runs out of urine. Okay. <sighs> we reconvene at the dinner and like, honestly, Robin can go to fucking hell because her and Giselle are still looking for hotels. And it's funny to me that their two options are drive 30 minutes in the country or go to a two-star hotel. Wendy is not a terrible hostess, okay? I'm still trying to figure out what Robin has hosted that was so spectacular because not anything's coming to mind. And look, I know I put up those Instagram <laughs> question boxes for y'all to tell me. And look, some of y'all brought up that trip to Europe where she missed the flight. But Rod, that wasn't, she didn't book an Airbnb if I'm my memory serving me properly. Like she's never hosted anything to this degree, okay? And then Giselle, didn't we just have a party a couple weeks ago where we had to sit in your driveway? with like construction in the background, construction workers, shit blown around. I don't know. Maybe again, maybe I'm the one who can't remember properly. But I do tell you something I don't want to hear about again is Gordon's erection. This man mm-mm, mm-mm, I can't I also I don't want to hear about Gordon's erection. I don't want to see Brown dick, Chris, take his fucking pants off. Okay. But that freeze frame, whoever did that freeze frame of Chris, Candace, and Eddie, oh my God. When I lost it, however, I then continued to lose it and actually let out a scream when Ashley fucking Darby said, at least Michael knows how to act around a group of people we just met. Who? Whom? Who? Girl, mess mama, what? I screamed. Again, my fiance was like, Is that not true? I was like, he, There's people on this cast that refuse to film with him. What are we doing here, Ashley? Girl, your husband is a predator. I, the delusion, okay? The lies, all right? And then to go from that to Chris and Candace having a drunk conversation, which I love and him to Chris saying, Ashley's not that bad. And Candace says she's not all bad, but when she is, it makes it all go to hell. And I agree. Okay. Ashley is that bad. Y'all know how I feel about that lady. I love how drunk and hungover Chris and Candace were this entire episode because nothing has ever related to my soul. Like it really has. I that was me that would be me and my fiance. All right. But listen, I really don't want to hear about Giselle and Robin like this room situation anymore. I can't do it. It's ridiculous. They left like thieves in the night. And for Robin to sit here and be like, "I don't want to be in a bathroom with all men sharing a bathroom. I'm a grown woman. I'm on my period." Robin, you live with all men. You have two sons and a husband. What are you talking about? You and Juan don't share a bathroom? Like what? And Giselle, you broke your toe, not anybody else. Please. Please. You couldn't even have people in your home. All right. Wendy has provided a home. For but I can't. And not only that, they said they weren't coming. All right. I just can't do this. It's not entertaining. Like Robin, first of all, again. What have you hosted above some light apps and happy hour drinks in six seasons of the show? Like legit host y'all. I mean legit. That little trip to Europe don't count. I'm sorry. Okay? It just don't. Giselle wouldn't even let anybody enter her house. She used the bathroom. The decor was blowing over. That was a fucking parking lot party. I don't care what y'all say. And before y'all talk about Candace was a parking lot party for drive back video. Okay, at least she was filming something and benefiting off of it. I mean, I guess Giselle was filming this damn show and getting on my nerves. But still, y'all know. I don't care. I don't want to root for Giselle, okay? She's not a good hostess, all right? And here come Mia trying to submit her fucking application for Green Eye Bandit number three, complaining the next morning saying, there's no one to turn down the sheets. There's there's no one to make breakfast. What is this, girl? Girl, you're in a B&B. You're in an Airbnb. You're not in a fucking hotel. You're telling me you've never stayed in an Airbnb before? I feel like that's not true. All right. Karen says, Giselle leaving in the middle of the night with Robin is tackier than the way she dresses. And thank you, Kern. Thank you. Okay. And someone, I think it was a scholar said while they were leaving, I feel like she's just trying to make this a thing because they were. That's all they were doing was trying to make it a thing. Also, I'm confused why Mia's in her lingerie in the community kitchen with But You know what? Let me just, everybody else was fine with it. Let me just stay over here, stay in my lane, okay? But then they call Robin and Giselle and Giselle starts with her lies and Wendy is right there, says that Giselle didn't even, or says that Wendy didn't even speak to her. <laughs> Wendy says, you're lying. I love when people just are so calm in telling people that they're liars. They're like, yeah, you're lying. Because there's just a comedy element for me in that. Because usually it's like, you're a fucking liar. You're a goddamn liar, Camille. You're such a fucking liar. <laughs> but such a calm, you're lying, gets me every time. She says that Wendy didn't speak to her. And Wendy went to their room and welcomed them. And then she was just met with immaturity okay, she warded off their shade and they don't like that, all right, because Giselle said, oh, you're smiling, I haven't seen that in a long time, the fact that Giselle keeps calling Wendy angry is an issue, like, argue with the wall, not, or your mama, not me, all right, the goalpost is always moved for Wendy, Giselle continues to call Wendy angry and aggressive, like, throughout the whole episode, and I'm like, oh, that's a shocker, Giselle, that's a shocker, I'm so over her, okay, when she says Wendy doesn't even greet her, girl, no, okay? Because all you try and do is lie on my name. And at this point, I don't care. I don't care. I know Giselle isn't used to people treating her that way, but she's to start getting used to it because I don't have to keep faking it with you. I really don't. If you don't want it, me to acknowledge, if you don't want to acknowledge me, I won't acknowledge you. It's called matching energy, babes. I love doing it. I love it, okay? If, you're, if you don't care about it, then why, why are you even saying anything about it? Because you're mad, all right? Because you're mad, period period. Robin says it wasn't proper planning, but she doesn't think that it was directed at anyone. She says this to Escala. Okay, go say that to Wendy's face and go say that to Giselle. You won't though, because your boss Giselle wouldn't approve. Robin, Wendy is not going to, bait, to debate you over anything. Just you being a fake bitch and calling her loose and attacking her marriage. Yeah, that's debate worthy, babes. All right. The is questioning Robin and it is killing me. But for me to come upstairs and say that Wendy isn't the same person. To... Say that, say, uh, Wendy, I heard you aren't the same person you were a year ago. This, I can't. It's like Mia, please girl. The storyline will move on. Y'all are crazy. We will get the drama. You don't have to do these things, but it is kind of, it's kind of funny at this point. Okay. But I have to point out This grace that's been given to Ashley as a new mom, it's not the same grace that's been given to Wendy because we continue to talk about her body and if she's not the same person as she was a year ago when we met Wendy last year, she was two months postpartum. I don't, why do I have to keep reminding y'all this? But y'all like praise Ashley, most some of y'all, I shouldn't say everybody. Praise Ashley for like, you know, being on her mom journey and talking about these things, but whatever for whatever reason, Wendy's not getting the same energy. It's really confusing to me. I I also just can't keep hearing this debate shit from fucking Robin because it's a dig at Wendy's accomplishments. Girl, please, like honestly, Robin, please go call Macy's and TJ Maxx back. And I genuinely mean that. If you spent the effort, calling them back and working out them deals to get them hats in the stores, you would be rocketing Miss Mamas. And y'all may hate me for saying that, but I don't care, all right? Now the green-eyed bandits are mad that no one checked in on them. And it's like, please, please. Y'all decided to leave in the night and drive down the country road. I think Karen said it. Y'all texted the group and said, like, we're good. We don't all need to keep texting the group. There is one thing I cannot see. It's when people keep texting the group chat. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, then we finally get to see a recollection between, uh, or reconciliation rather, between Mia and Candace. And honestly, like it felt genuine. Now I know they just want to get up on air and argue again, but it felt genuine. I felt bad when Candace cries. Well, she always cries. But you, when she starts crying, talking to Mia, because... I know she's hungover. <laughs> it's not even what she's saying, y'all. Like, is I know that she's hungover. And listen here, I've been there before. I'm not a crier, but if there's one thing I'ma do when I'm hungover, is fucking cry. <laughs> because, honey, the serotonin levels are low. They are in hell. And she's already talking about something something that she's upset about. So, like, I've I felt her. I don't even know how she got on that boat. I would have thrown up like six times. Okay. But I get what she's saying. She's like, for you to call something that I've put my money into and worked hard for low budget, that hurts my feelings. I feel like this is probably a really great talk. Mia says what she had to say and I, I get her. Okay, I'm glad they made up. I really am. I'm proud of them. Again, I know they just are arguing again. I, I know. Ascala and um, Candice did a live and I just, I didn't watch the whole live. I just saw a snippet of it, but um, it was good. Escala, you know, said how it makes her feel when Mia and then especially viewers and followers mispronounce her name. And I mean, I can only imagine, I can only imagine. It's not funny. We've been over this multiple times. It's not funny to mispronounce people's names. All right especially children of immigrants and children of color it's it's it hits differently and she even says i don't think y'all understand and i i understand because girl this was me not being able to find your name on a keychain or a pencil when you're growing up like never always having your name mispronounced my name was mispronounced every single year every single semester every time i had a new teacher that I was in school. I remember I started because Giselle is my middle name. I go by my middle name. My first name is a family name. Um, I'm not going to say it on here. <laughs> Y'all don't need to know all that information. All right. But if you know me, you know what it is. Um, I remember I my last name starts with a B. So I always knew who I was coming behind. And when I started getting older, I remember a couple of years I got in trouble because I would see the teacher stop and then I would just say my name. And teachers would be like, excuse you. And I was like, girl, I know what you're staring at. I've been in school with these people for years. I know who I come after and who's before me. So I know you're trying to mispronounce my name and they would get so mad at me, but I also don't fucking care. Like my, listen, my first name isn't, it reads, it's pronounced how it is spelled. So I, we won't even get into that talk. However, she had, it was a really good live. I, felt for her because y'all know I love Ascala. I'm a fan. Y'all say whatever you want. Argue with a wall. All right. But at the end of the episode, we get to see G starting to mess with Ashley on the bus and it's about to turn into something bigger because <laughs> Miss Mia about to get into it with Ashley next week. And she, she says some things to Ashley, which I'm I'm not, you know, I don't disagree with, I don't disagree with, but the women of the reality is podcast, um, tweeted this. And I was like, thank you. Listen, two things can be true here. You can think Michael Darby is a predator and disgusting. And also think that G is too, because he's definitely gross. Like he's so fucking annoying and so disturbing, like and creepy. Okay. Those two things can both be true. So before we even start that argument, just let that sink in, all right? Whew, that's going to wrap up the recaps for this week. Like Y'all, I'm sorry. I ain't got nothing for Salt Lake City. I didn't even watch it. I am not going to lie to y'all. I started watching it, and then I started doing my laundry. I'm going to watch it, though. I'm just not going to talk about it on here, especially since we got Winter House coming up, and I definitely want to go over that maybe I'll say something when Jen gets arrested. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with Salt Lake City. I really don't. But let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. <laughs> per usual, do not forget to follow me over on Instagram at Who Asked Me Podcast. We've been doing some polls, getting, in, getting interactive, getting to know some of y'all. And I love it. I love having these conversations with everyone. I have yet to get like somebody angry in my inbox. I have definitely noticed when you know, the unfollows happen when I start talking about like race and shit, but I don't care. All right. I don't care <laughs> because one thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk about it. Uh, so I am toying around with doing insecure recaps as a bonus episode. And it's like, so funny because I know I just ended and said, we're not doing bachelor at bachelorette recaps. Cause I'm too overwhelmed. And then I'm like, well, what about insecure recaps? But no, if you don't watch insecure it's Issa Ray's show. I love it. I've watched it since the beginning. And we're headed into the fifth and final season this Sunday. And I just, I love the show and I love conversation. So maybe we'll do that. I'll make it a poll over on Instagram, see what y'all want to hear about. If not, maybe I'll just talk to y'all about it. I don't know who watches it and who doesn't. I have a laundry list of shows that I need to watch. I know I asked y'all if I should watch, should watch Secession. And it was an overwhelming yes. But I still need to start the third season of You. I still need to finish Ted Lasso. It's like the TV list is getting thick, but the good news is we head into the winter months. So I will be inside, okay? And i also be saving my cash money. Fucking holidays are coming up. I have, I need to send my ass down somewhere, is the point. Uh, But yes, don't forget to follow over on Instagram. Um, Also, please, please, please don't forget to rate and review me. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Y'all know we're kind of lacking on the ratings and reviews the past couple weeks, like the past month, really. And I know I ain't been on y'all asses like I should have been. So part of that is my fault. But like, come on, y'all, we we need to step it up. We need to step it up. Uh, But on that note, I will talk to y'all over on Instagram and next week. Bye.